scary movie. Fear is defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? For fun? For interest's sake, a deadly game to the game. He was worse than dead. His brain is gone. To great friends, to an amazing trip, and unforgettable memories. This is something. It's like we're in paradise. I know there's some hot babes out in that water. Just waiting for a stud like me. <laughs> you know, I was doing some research online before we left, and it turns out that there's a psychopathic serial killer that used to roam around in this area. Say what? A man brutally murdered over 30 people because they no longer would want to buy his oranges. Not interested. Oranges. Oh, yeah, and he had a hook for a hand, and he would use it to gut the open. Whoa, what a way to go. Wait, wait, wait. Did they ever catch him? It's one of the area's great unsolved mysteries. Some of the people think that he's still out there, waiting to kill again. Shut the fuck is up! Yeah, he's out there! He's out there! piece of work is man how noble in reason how infinite in faculty in form in moving how express and admirable in action how like an angel in apprehension how like a god hello ladies and gentlemen welcome back to inside movies galore i'm your host david stregia and here i am with actor and president of the iowa well why don't you tell me uh, a little bit about about yourself and who you are. 
Yes. Well, I'm Jim Brockheim. Okay. And I'm an actor, but I play a doctor in real life. I've actually been an actor of 25 years and a chiropractor for 31, specializing in sports medicine. Okay. And what you're talking about earlier, yes, I'm the president of the Iowa Motion Picture Association. Okay. And we've been around for about 20, 28 years. Okay. And, and uh, I've been on the board for the Iowa Motion Association for about 14 years and president now for six. Okay. And what does uh, the association do, uh, per se, uh, uh, just real quick? Uh, yes, we're a nonprofit 501c3 organization. Okay. And we encourage and support Iowa media production through education. We have hands-on seminars. We have lectures coming in. And we do a lot of networking. And we also have the annual Iowa Motion Pitch Association Awards Gala. And that's like the Academy Awards of Iowa. Okay. Is what people ask. Okay, cool. So when you first got into acting, um, uh, uh, um, you uh, you got into acting in nineteen ninety nine, correct? Uh, thereabouts. Or... Well, actually, nineteen ninety two, I got my first agent and got my first job in nineteen ninety four. Okay, and what <laughs> yeah. was what what were uh, were some of your first uh, um, adventures out into uh, as an actor, uh, um, productions that you were part of? Yes, I've done approximately 90 different productions of movies, commercials, TV shows. The very first thing I ever did was in 1994. My wife was involved with this, too, as an actor. Okay. And we did a, uh industrial video called The Goal. Okay. And my, when I first started acting, my goal actually was to become at least 10 seconds in a big motion picture in the background, you know, just so you could see me. I mean, that was my ultimate goal. But, you know, here now, 25 years later, you know, I've had some very good roles, uh, starring roles, feature roles, and so forth. So I'm happy with that. Okay. And uh, from what I can see, uh, uh, you were in something called uh, The Unspoken? Yes. Yes, The Unspoken. Uh, I'm just looking at my resume right now. I'm not sure exactly the year that was. 1999. But, yeah, The Unspoken. I was a disciple in okay. that, and that was a Frederick Marks okay. Warrior Productions. Actually, my wife was in that one, too. She's done a couple movies, and I have three children, four children, but three of the, my four children have been acting also. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Um, and uh, now, have you always been uh, filming in Iowa, or are you, or have had the ability to travel to um, um, act in a film. Yes, I've been all over. Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Uh, I've been in Hollywood around, around that area. For solid month doing two movies there. That was back in October 2000. Uh, I've been in New Mexico, uh, Alabama. There's all, a lot of different places I've been doing movies. Okay. So, uh, so you have the ability to travel uh, 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 while you're doing uh, some of these acting gigs. So, uh, um, yes, and that's go ahead. Yeah, yep. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to say that's why you know being a chiropractor, being my own boss, my own business, you know, <laughs> that allows me to go places too. You know, if I was working a nine to five job in a regular place, like maybe a factory or somewhere, and I kept asking for time off. Yeah, they'd be firing me <laughs> you know, real early. 
my that, career. So, so yeah, this does help me to do some jobs and my patients understand it also. Okay. Um, now you were also in a TV movie called Cora Unashamed. How, how was your experience, uh, dealing with, uh, that, uh, experience or, yeah, that was an excellent time. That was uh, here, just shot in Iowa, close to Des Moines, and uh, my two sons and I were in it, and we were farmers. Okay. In this one. Okay. Yep. And uh, d- did you have to go far for that, or uh, in Iowa, or <laughs> was it just around around the corner? Yeah, it was about two hours away. Okay. So it wasn't bad at all. So, yeah, but uh, that one was, you know, a good show. Matter of fact, what's really weird, I was, it got re- released in 2000, and I was in, uh, I was living in Hollywood for a month there, doing a couple movies and taking acting classes to this lady, and uh, and while I was there, I had a TV guide with me, and the cover of the TV guide was Cora Unashamed, shot in Iowa, the whole cover story about that, and they had the, the premiere and everything. It's like, here I am in this movie, but I'm in L.A., grabbing their newspaper, looking at the TV guide area, and there's the article. I, I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, it's fun. Very yeah. cool. Go, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I am doing movies here, and, and Hollywood, all the movies and stuff that are going on, and here's the big article of the day about Iowa shot movies. <laughs> <laughs> movie. Like that. Now, you happen to somehow uh, get on the set of uh, Evolution, correct? Yes, that was in 2000. I did uh, Evolution and Simone at the same time. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's when I was taking the classes, acting classes in, uh, in Hollywood and L.A. area. Okay. And, and I just happened to go to an agency where you could sign up as an extra I was signing, doing my paperwork, because I thought, since I'm here, I'm going to see if I can get my foot in the door with some movies. While I was filling out my paperwork, somebody came out to me and said, hey, would you like to be an extra in Evolution? I said, yes. Yeah. So then before I got the paper filled out, somebody else came in and left me and said, I was like being Simone, Pacino. <laughs> and I said, so, so I got two, so I, we did two movies right then. Nice. That was fun. But that was just background. That was, yeah. But it was just fun being in a big Hollywood film, though. Okay. Meeting all these actors. Okay. Yeah. And moving on to a film uh, called Justice, where you played a prosecutor, correct? Yes, prosecuting attorney, Justice. Uh, I was a prosecuting attorney there, and it was made for TV. Okay. And, uh, and how much did you have to do for that particular role? Was it a little bit bigger role th- uh, than your previous roles? or? Yes, uh, yeah. I've had some other big roles too, but this one was a nice role. I did have several lines. I was a prosecuting attorney. Okay. And yep. And my two sons were actually in that one too. Oh. Matter of fact, us would do so much acting. We would go up to Minnesota years ago and now they're married and children and working, but they're still do stuff on the side. But we would go up to Minnesota to do all these movies and people referred to us as the Iowa boys. <laughs> and so I introduced my son says, oh, yeah, you're the Iowa boys. But, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. what, what are the names of your sons? Uh, so, uh, so that. Uh... Yeah, Jamie. Okay. Jamie Brockon and uh, and then Jimmy Brockon. Okay. And uh, they go and Jamie, by. Jamie lives. 
Webster City. Yeah, and that's the go-by for IMDb. Uh, Jamie Brockon, and he lives in Webster City, and uh, and he's a general manager of a love store. Doing okay. really well there. I have another son that lives in the Kansas City area, Jimmy, and uh, he's working with YouTube. So he has YouTube channels out. He does Jimmy his promo. So he has his own channel for the last seven years, and he has videos out pretty much every day. Okay. Then I have two daughters too, and uh, definitely eight grandchildren. And my daughter's <laughs> name is Jill Brockheim. Okay. Okay. So, um, mm-hmm. as you went on with your uh, your acting, uh, I mean, IMDb doesn't uh, uh, technically show every uh, single thing you've ever uh, ever d- uh, done. So, why don't you tell me a little a little bit? No, about... it only shows like twenty nine credits, <laughs> and that's all. You know. But, well, why don't you, you know, tell me about some of the? Some of the uh, that I really enjoyed working with was. I've worked with the Coen Brothers twice. Okay, and that was exciting. Yeah. And uh, what was the project that you worked on with the Coen Brothers? Well, I did a movie uh, called *A Serious Man*. Okay. And that was filmed in, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and I was a Red Owl store manager. Okay. And I auditioned for that and got the part, and that was one of the most exciting experiences I ever had because I had this area, I had this, this, this speaking role and so forth. And when I got there, uh, they took me, they even gave me a, my own part of a trailer. Okay. You know, I had a trailer to different rooms. And so I had my name on that with, you know, the couch and sink and all that stuff in there. And, and I thought, I never had anything like this before. Mm-hmm. I even had a stand and double, which I'd never had. I mean, I just feel like I was, that they treated me, more than I expected ever to be treated. I mean, hmm. I didn't think I deserved all, you know, all that. But, but the Corn Brothers, they really, you know, take care of their people. And Ethan, the younger one, and I hit it off pretty good. And he came up to me and he says, now, Jim, I've got five lines for you. Let's discuss this. Okay. And he brought, brought out this piece of paper, and it had Red Owl on it to, because, you know, everything was authentic and Red Owl looking there. Mm-hmm. So he grabbed this there Red Owl, and he says, here, let's discuss your lines. He wrote down my lines on the paper, which I do have, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and yeah, it was, it was exciting the way, you know, then I did a lot of research. Whenever I do a movie, I do tons of research where I do, I didn't know a Red Owl uh, store manager. So I've, I asked him a lot of questions about what it is being a manager. And I've talked to other people. I worked at the store mm-hmm. and I got memorabilia and stuff and posters. I've got my own tie class, <laughs> you know, pocket. I got a name tag that said Red Owl with the name on it. And when I took it there for hair and makeup several weeks before, uh, I told him I had all this stuff with me. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, that's wonderful. She says, we can use that for the movie. And I said, yeah, go ahead, take credit for it. She says, the stuff I was going to give you is nothing like this. You got authentic stuff. And I said, yeah, I did my research. So I gave it to the lady. And then when I was on set and Ethan came up to me and started talking to me, right before we started shooting, he went by me and he said, hey, Jim, good job. I heard you brought all your... Red House memorabilia stuff with that we could use in the film. And I said, yeah, he said, thank you so much. And he gave me a thumbs up, and I gave him a thumbs up. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what other films are not on the map uh, that, uh, that you could tell me that you were a part of? Well, about a year after, or two years after that, I, I got uh, the Coen Brothers family, the... the the casting got hold of me and wanted me to be uh, uh, 
John Goodman's photo double okay. on Inside Lewin Davis. So I did that. So I portrayed John Goodman in nine different scenes. And so that took two days of shooting in Minneapolis area. Okay. And what's really strange about that, when we shot that, and that was in 2013, and then the Golden Globes 2014, when they came out, first of the year, usually the Iowa Motion Picture Association, we host an award show. But for that year, I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. So I sit in my recliner, and the Coen brothers got nominated for Best Picture, Actor, and Director. And so they showed a clip of the show, Inside Lou and Davis. So I was sitting in my recliner, my wife was next to me, and they showed a clip where I was in it, and I thought, gosh, this is kind of cool. I, my, I actually made the Golden Globes. But then I thought, wait a minute. Nobody's ever going to know it's me because I'm there looking like John Goodman portraying him in one of the scenes. So it's like, <laughs> well, that's a step closer. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, it must be a good experience to, uh, to see things that, uh, that you're in uh, uh, once, once you've actually been part of a, pro- uh, a project, even though it was like very small uh, or or marginally big. I mean, you never know how big a role is going to be until, you know, it's there right on the screen for you. <laughs> yeah, and I have co-starred in movies too, but they're the, uh, they're the independent full-length feature film, but an independent, independent style that you see that we shoot in the Midwest. Okay. Mid-East. Yep. So, um... Uh, are there any other projects that are not on the map that you would like to speak of? Or, um... Yeah. I've directed about four movies and produced several. Okay. And I just got done writing my first last year, and we just had the premiere. It's called Murphy's Law. It's a short film, about 18 minutes. And I co-wrote it, produced it, helped, helped direct. Uh, and that was... Uh, we had the premiere, and Les, Les Nelson, who was... Uh, he was a co-writer, too, also with this, and he directed it. Okay. You know, and then we had Charlie Gess, who worked with the, the camera. And so we had our premiere on July 13th, and, and then we had it before that, too, on July 29th and July 30th in three different movie theaters in small towns. Okay. They just show this 18-minute Nice. Yep. And then I'm working on a film right now that Kevin Isaacson is writing here from Iowa. He just lives about 10 miles from me, and it's called A Most Forgettable Man. And that is exciting. Exciting. We have a star in that, and that's going to be a short film, also. Okay. Yep. And uh, and and Dylan Yeager, Dylan Yeager is starring in it, and he started acting a couple of years ago, and he's doing really well. And, and one thing I like about the acting, I, I like talking about other people in my area too, because not only do I enjoy the acting and directing, producing, but especially as belonging to the Iowa Motion Picture Association, where we have about 160 members. What makes me just as happy as getting a role is introducing people in Iowa or in the Midwest. We can get together and they link together before you know to doing projects together. And that makes me really happy. And, and see these young people or even the older people who are starting out making films in Iowa. And that just makes me so happy to see that. This is fantastic. <laughs> Iowa is a great place for making movies. It really is. Sounds like it. I mean, uh, uh, I've spoken with... Uh... Uh, Michael Bergen before, and uh, he at one t- uh, point in t- uh, time told me that there was a, a drought of some sort for uh, for filmmakers, and now it's booming. So, um, uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought him up because Michael Bergen was the star of Murphy's Law. <laughs> yeah, he played Murphy, and I played Bob. Nice. So I'm glad you brought his name up because yes, he did an excellent job with Murphy and Murphy's Law. Nice. 
Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. So, um, now, um, you mentioned that you directed uh, four, uh, four films before uh, you spoke of Murphy's Law. Why don't you tell me about those projects? Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at my resume here for everything I got here. We filmed several of them uh, in the Mesa City okay. area. Uh, we did... I'm sorry, I'm just kind of looking through the resume. We did Pierce Arrow, okay. PI, and I directed that, and, uh, and I helped out with uh, Superhero, and uh, like I said, Murphy's Law, I did that too. And then uh, Jack and Andy, which that was my first big one I directed, and also I directed and wrote a documentary called, called uh, One Amazing Night, the Story of the Red Shoe Band, which I was the drummer of. Okay. So uh, that was fun to do. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Uh, so moving on, you were you ended up having a role on something called uh, uh, Psychic Detectives. Yes, yeah, Psychic Detectives. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Psychic Detectives. That was uh, made for TV. And that was really good. That was uh, people from uh, New York actually came down. And did that, and uh, I played uh, John Bull, Bull in that. Okay. Super fine films came down and did that, and actually, and uh, it was about a gentleman around uh, Thanksgiving time who disappeared. Huh. And when he disappeared, and then they brought in a psychic tech to try to find him, and it was a Christmas Eve where they found his body in, in this trailer house out in the open field, out in this, this field, farm field. So for this movie, it had to be him alive, dead, and a ghost, because it showed the ghost of him, too. And this <laughs> visualization of when the psychic was saying, yeah, he's walking through here, walking there, and he'd see my hands and legs walking through all these brush and so forth. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Okay. And that was exciting. I, I really enjoyed that one. So I got to star in action in that one for Psychic uh, Detectives. Okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, now, and now... How is it working on a stu uh, an actual studio a lot? I assume that that's uh, where you went to uh, to uh, to do uh, psychic detectives, correct? Well, actually, we're out in the field, out yeah, out uh, outside of Des Moines. Okay, so sure. yeah, okay. And, and one thing about that, one thing about that movie too is. Uh, they want to put me in a body bag. I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> and I said, look, I said, you can put me in a bag, zip me up. But I said, if I could have a pocket knife in my hand, I would feel okay. Because I know if, if I panic or need something, I could also I could slice my way out. Uh -huh. They said, oh, no, we don't want you to do that. And I said, well, I probably wouldn't need to. But if just knowing that I can get out, I'd be okay. They said, well, let's put you on a stretcher instead. So they put me on this gurney. They brought my body up, put me on the gurney. Uh, they, they put a sheet over me, strapped me down. They put another sheet over me and strapped me down again. And I'm, I'm under the blankets and two sets of straps thinking, I don't know if this is even <laughs> better than them. And then, then they said they're going to go for lunch afterwards. And I said, well, when you put me the ambulance, you make sure you come back and get me before you go out for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to be left out there on the gurney uh, for very long. <laughs> 
So um, moving on to a production that uh, that's called Stealing Summer. Uh, did you play one of the Crooked Cops? <laughs> yeah. Stealing Summer. Actually, I'm looking at my resume myself because there's... Yeah, Stealing Summer. I, yeah, I did play a policeman. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I remember that one. Stealing Summer, policeman. And we shot that in Minneapolis area. And the story behind that was... Uh, Gosh, my sons were in that, too. <laughs> Jimmy and Jamie. But with that one, Stealing Summer, and I was a policeman, uh, with that, I had to do a scene where I was running through the park. Okay. And up there, up there in Minneapolis. And I had all the gear on, the pants, the shirt, the badges. I had, you know, the, the holster with the gun and all that stuff around my waist. Well, I'm a pretty big guy. And I really tried to tighten up my belt as hard as I could because that stuff was pretty heavy. And I had Chase, the bad guy, across the park. Well, I was running across the park while we were filming, and my pants fell down <laughs> because of the weight of the everything. Yeah, so, yeah, that was an experience. <laughs> All righty. So uh, after that particular experience... Um, you went on to play a bartender in something called Factotum? Bartender in fact, yes, yes. Yeah, and that, I was in that, and, uh, I'm trying to think what year that was, but, uh, yeah, and Matt Dillon was in that. And Matt Dillon's one of my favorite actors, and I was his bartender. So he'd come up to me and order his drink, like a gin and tonic, and so I give that to him, or Gin on the Rocks, Gin on the Rocks, I gave that to him, and uh, we kept going back and forth, and the director for that was Ben Hammer, and uh, so I told him later on, too, I told him, you know, that I really love his acting, and, you know, My Bodyguard's my favorite show of all time back in the late late 70s, mm-hmm. and he appreciated that. Ben Hammer, went up, when he would come up, and we had the mic in the ashtray, so we could hide it, and he'd come up over his drink, uh, Ben Hammer, the director, says, hey, man, you got any money in that moldy billfold of yours? He opened it up says, no, because I figured. So here's 20 bucks. He looked at me and says, how much would two of those drinks cost? I said, $14. He says, man, you come up to the bartender and you give him 20 and tell him to keep it. So we were rehearsing a little bit, making sound look good and everything. Then we were rolling and he came up and he ordered something totally different. And actually the drink that he wanted it was his favorite tea that looked like liquor in the bottle, so he could actually drink it because he didn't want to drink liquor, so it was tea, which I tried and it's fantastic. Anyway, he came up, he ordered something totally different. I looked over to my left at where all the bottles were. I looked at him. I looked back again. He started laughing. I'm just giving him a bunch of crap. He said, yeah, give me a gin on the rocks. <laughs> so yeah. so that, that was kind of a good experience, too. Okay. Yeah. Moving on to a production called Sweetland. Yes. Well, you're hitting some good ones here, because that last one, my two sons were in Sweetland. Yeah, my two sons were in that one with me, too. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just going back to think of all the different movies we've done together. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> we were all three farmers in that one. We played farmers before in that other movie, but this one, we were farmers, too. Okay. In Sweetland. And, uh, w- and, and that was Go that ahead. was pretty, pretty uh We were filming another movie in Minnesota, at the time, my son was uh, the camera operator for this, this movie. And so, but we had to get back to the other side of Minnesota. We're on the east side of Minnesota. And the next day, we had to go and film on the west side. And they 
film up here in Minnesota helping out with the cinematography. Uh-huh. All three of us drove over there and we started filming that. <laughs> and that was the day that when we got that morning, we heard that Mr. Reeves from Superman passed away that day. Ooh. And it was a sad day because one of the gentlemen, I'm trying to think of his name right now, uh, he was in this movie, Sweet Land, and he came out of his trailer once and went back in and he didn't, we didn't shoot his scenes at all that day. But our scenes we did, but he stayed in the trailer. Okay. Uh, moving on to yeah. a production called uh, The Haunting, or Haunting Viscilla, or Villisca? Haunting Villisca? Yeah, Haunting Villisca, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, there was a, uh, it's kind of based on a true story. It wasn't a true documentary, but Haunting Villisca, Bliska, Iowa, and uh, about June 10th, didn't know if it was June 9th, June 10th, like the evening of June 9th, morning of June 10th of 19, 1912, uh, there was a murder there. There's eight people murdered, a mother, father, uh, four children, and then two other children that were from another family that spent the night there. So eight people were murdered by an, by an axe, and it never did get resolved. So yeah, I produced that, plus myself, my two sons acted in that one too. So we got the role of actors in it, and then they came up to me later and said, how would you like to help produce it, too? I said, sure. So I gave them, gave them the money they required for a producer to help them with the set and everything. So I produced it, too. Okay. And that was and Kimberly Busby and James Tarpento did that movie. It was their movie. Yes, that was a really good time. And a lot of things, I mean, the house is very haunted because I could go on for a long time, which I, I, I shouldn't with this, but... There's a lot of things that did happen to us on set. You know, there was a spirit floating around several days because we were, we were there for a couple, about two and a half months. There's a lot. <laughs> Is there anything in particular? Uh, uh, one, uh, I figure I'll give you one thing in particular to, to okay. bring up. Yes. There's a particular one where uh, we had a car. The Let's get a house sitting on the corner. Okay. We had a car there with the hood up. This is back in 1912, so that's what everything looked like back then. We had smoke steam coming out because the scene was the guy had car trouble. He lifted up the hood. He approached the house. He knocked on it. He saw somebody up in the window, but nobody answered the door. So he went back, and, he, and the wrecker came by, and he says, well, I knocked on this door, and there's somebody looked out the window and says, nobody's lived there for years. So there's <laughs> a spirit up there looking down at him. Anyway, while we're filming that, up on the hill, and this is slanted hill, we had a truck, and we had a truck that was was going a wrecker like back in the early 1900s you know, with a hook on the back and everything. He was sitting on top of the hill and he was facing the car, but we were taking a break. Now the truck started to go towards the car. Nobody was in the truck. It started to go down the hill. <laughs> it was going right to the car, and everybody said there's going to be a crash. And I was getting makeup on and stuff, so I ran outside to look. I got there right afterwards. The truck went right to the car, going down the hill, and right before when it got to the face-to-face bumper to bumper, it turned to the right and went to the side of it. So the driver side was against the other driver's side and it stopped on the hill. There's nobody in the truck, nobody in the car and the truck has emergency brake on. Huh. We thought it was going to crash and it went over and stopped next to it. Huh. it the wheel turned and right on over. Huh. Interesting. That was the strangest one. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, moving on to a production called Fall Into Me. Uh, from 2006. Yeah, fall, into, yeah, fall Into Me. Yeah, that was up 
Patriot. And uh, that was a Tim Vandersteek with Indywood Pictures. Uh, he's the one that did that. And I was a Park Patriot. And there again, my two sons were in that one too. <laughs> skateboarding. Just playing, we're playing Frisbee and playing catch, and they were skateboarding. And so we're just background in that one. Okay. Uh, moving on to a production called Unrelated Events. Yes. Yeah, Unrelated Events. That was recorded up in, in uh, Minnesota area. Okay. And Scott Thompson did that one. And yeah, I'm trying to find that on here. Yeah, Unrelated Events. I played Lou in that one. And it's just different events that, yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think of, no, kids weren't that one with me, but, but yeah, that one we did many, many years ago. <laughs> yeah. I can't say too much about that because it's been so long, I you well, know, forgot some about that, but, well, unrelated events, uh, yeah, just can't think too much, can't remember that too well. Says it, Sorry it, about that. It says it was several apparently unrelated events dovetail into a strange story of murder and supernatural goings on. So yes, uh, but, yes, and but, yeah, because there is a, a a father who was very abusive to his wife and boy, and so they hired somebody actually to kill the guy. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So moving on to yep. the final season. Which was a football, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which lo uh, looks like it's a football uh, ball uh, uh, g g game directed by David Mickey Evans. You were yeah. an administrator. Uh, Along the lake, 
and we just go there and just talk and have some beers and stuff. <laughs> we formed this friendship, and that was out to pass out to pasture. And then we did out to Vegas a year later, and half of that was filmed in Vegas. It's that continuation of out to pasture, and out to Vegas. We call it out to pasture because some of the people were retired too in this this film. And then we did out to Vegas, and we shot half of it in Vegas and half of it here in Iowa. And there was a crook that uh, that we were chasing, and he landed. He went all the way to Vegas. So we chased him to Vegas <laughs> to try to resolve mystery and try to capture this guy, which is interesting because here we are in Vegas, and we had to pay you know a thousand dollars that day for the city permit, and they told us where we could shoot and not shoot. And there was a scene where a guy came up to me, and he put me in headlock like he was going to wrestle me down, like he was fighting with me. And people were, and this guy that's filming just had a handheld camera. You know, there's no big production team. Mm-hmm. People just walking by. You know, <laughs> and I'm thinking, because I thought, I was afraid that somebody might help me and hurt him. There's a scene where we're chasing the crook, the robber, the bank robber. We're chasing him down uh, the strip of Las Vegas. And he's running up these stairs to go across the, the part that, that goes across the street, uh-huh. the strip, and back down. We're, so seven of us were chasing this guy saying, He's got the lady's purse. He just stole the purse. Grab him, grab him. We're running after him. This guy was scared. She thought maybe somebody's going to do that. But no, not in Vegas. People decide and let him go. <laughs> so that was good because, yeah, we were pretty risky on doing that scene there. <laughs> so uh, after that production, you went on to uh, be part of uh, something called Stopping Utah. Yes, we filmed that one, and I helped... Uh, produced that one too and that one was a full-length feature film we did one weekend we did we shot a couple hours on friday and then we shot all day saturday and sunday so it was like an hour and 40 minutes long and yeah and that was about uh utah was a guy that was his nickname and we were at uh, a place here that sold insurance here in town okay and uh so we had cubicles and so forth, and everybody had their own cubicle and just storyline. And, and somebody, somebody shot the boss, and we thought he was Utah. And so we were making plans to get together, figure out if he did it, and he was, looked suspicious. He was kind of a crazy guy anyway. But at the end of the movie, yeah, we found out who the killer really was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, then you did a uh, film called The Danger. Yes, the danger. Yeah, I was a, a cop in that, a private detective, and uh, and my name was Hardez. Okay. And people thought I was saying Hardez because <laughs> I said Mr. Hardez, and so I was like, uh, I would talk like Joe Friday, you know, on that that series. Okay. And so I talked like serious, but yet I was I was funny, but not trying to be funny, more to serious. Yeah, and uh, yep, so. If we're trying to resolve, you know, a, a crime that happened there, and so they hired me, and that I really enjoyed that one too. That was by Scott Thompson, also. Okay, uh, how did you meet Scott Thompson? Uh, he was auditioning for, oh gosh, this is probably back in 2011. They're shooting a movie in Lake Mills, and I auditioned for it with my two sons. We had headshots. And he was impressed because we're the only people that came with headshots. He would go to different towns and film a movie, and he'd have a certain price to film the movie. In the chamber, somebody would bring in the funds, 
and he would shoot it there. He'd bring in the flavor of the town for something special, like a, a statue or a building or a monument or something like that. And then he would hire, he'd, well, he'd have actors. Everybody worked for free on this. The actors would come in from the town who's never acted before, or maybe a few have acted maybe on stage or something. Mm-hmm. And he would cast them. And so I asked him, I said, you know, we should, he didn't want, I couldn't, we couldn't do that movie. He had to be in town. I said, we should come to Four Cities. So we set it up. Next year we came to Four Cities and did the Journey Tree. And that was in 2000, I think that was 2014. Okay. No, 2000, yeah, yeah, early 2000s. So he came in and did that. And then I started, and I worked with him for several years. I did about eight or nine movies with him. Okay. Uh, which, this is another movie, I think, uh, uh, that was d- done by him called Shy. Yeah. Yeah, I played Gil, the father, uh, of a daughter who was having some problems. The daughter was the main character in the movie, was shy. And uh, my character, like I said, I was Gil, the father, and I was an alcoholic, a single parent. And there was a scene where, uh, you know, she was really upset with me. You know, like I wasn't around like I should have been, and I'm always a drunk. Okay. And then we had a really nice scene where we made up, you know, and, you know, I became her father again. And, yeah, it was, it was a really good movie. Okay. Um, now, moving on to another project uh, uh, that you might have been part of called Fortnite. Fortnite, yes, yes, Fortnite. That was <laughs> Charlie Lipschitz <laughs> was my name. And yeah, that was by Scott Thompson also. We did that in Des Moines. And so I was married to, uh, to this girl in this movie, and I... Like I said, Charlie Lipschitz, S-H-I-T-Z, Y-P-S-H-I-T-Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, I was like a, I don't know if you can call it if it's political correct, but back in the days, the Jesus freak, where I'd go door to door, knocking the door at the Bible and preaching and you know, try to let me in so I could save them and so forth. And okay. my family did let me in, having the seance and stuff. And you know, I was doing my, my Bible thing, my God thing. And. Yeah, so it was really funny. I had these these glasses and greased back hair, and so I got to a different character. And I like to do different characters. You know, all the jobs I've done. Uh, You're a you character. Know, I've always wanted to. You're a character. There's actor. one show where I was meant challenging called The Star. Okay. That was a fun one too. You would consider yourself a character actor, where, uh, where. Now, have you been? Have you been been in the lead role? Yes. Yes, I've done several lead role movies. Okay. But they're, like, they're independent full-length films. or co-starred in lead role. Uh, the one called The Star, and I did win Entertainer of the Year for Iowa for one organization. I got Best Actor of the Year also for another organization. Matter of fact, uh, just this last weekend, this lady who's a friend of mine, she said, you need to get that out there and show people. I said, well, we made it so many years ago. But the Scott Thompson that made these films, I said, you know, Scott, I like the challenge. I've always wanted to be a character of a mentally challenged adult. So he wrote this movie called The Star. He filmed it in Wisconsin. All the actors were from Wisconsin, except for myself. So I was a 50-year-old mentally challenged adult in it. And we had four premieres of that movie up in Wisconsin. And what's interesting is the first premiere, we did have some mentally challenged adults attend the movie because they wanted to see this. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to meet Oliver. And I was Oliver. And they came up to the director and said, Oliver here, we want to meet him, we want to see him. He said, no, I'm sorry, I won't be here for several more hours till the 
third premiere. And so they're upset. And then on the second premiere, the second showing, a guy went up to the director and said, Scott, how'd you find somebody who was mentally challenged could act so well? <laughs> and he said, not mentally challenged. And the guy couldn't, he said, no, he is. So it's hard to convince the guy that I was not really mentally challenged. And when <laughs> Scott told me that, that's first first time really hit me like between the eyes was like, man, I must have nailed that one. <laughs> I felt good. So I thought somebody could not be convinced you know, mm-hmm. you know, now, that, I thought, that's the best that I could ever get. Now, how many films have yeah. you uh, have you been part of uh, that were filmed here in Wisconsin? Ah, uh, <laughs> that one. Besides The Star. The Star is probably the only one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on to, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, 1230, uh, you were a party goer. Yes. And that was filmed, that was a, a 1230 production. It's, yeah, it's called 1230. Uh, Jeff Lipsky was the director of that, and I was a party goer. And with that one, my son did some casting on that. He, he would walk around, he would, he had all these headshots and everything, so he started doing some casting for this, this movie. And I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name. But one of the guys that got cast for us went on to Hollywood Films after that, which was really nice. But yeah, I this one I was just a party goer, so it was just a background scene. As well. Okay. Um. After that one, you were in a, a short film called Rebirth. Yes, Rebirth. That was filmed in Minneapolis and. Uh, I played Jerry in that one, and Francisca Sones, who is a board member of the Iowa Motion Picture Association, wrote that and directed that. And that was a short film. And I worked, uh, I was janitor at a uh, uh, laundromat. Once the laundromat, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. A janitor there pushing the broom, moving things around, and having some lines here and there. Okay. Yeah, that's a good and it was later where, uh, after we did this movie, then, then several years later where she was asked to join the board. And I thought, we looked at her like, yeah, we work together. <laughs> that was in, that was in a, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, then you were in a production called uh, Sick of Larry. Oh, uh, yeah. Sick of Larry. Yeah, and that was, I was trying to think here, that was Scott Tops, Sick of Larry. I'm actually looking at my notes too because I've done like nine of them for 25 years. <laughs> Take a Larry, yes, that was my. I played Joe in that one. Okay. And uh, so, Sick Larry, we filmed that in Des Moines area. And uh, that was a movie about a guy, Larry, who was really, the best word to explain is really creepy. This is a really creepy show. <laughs> yeah, and so we thought he was killing people when he really wasn't. Okay. And some of us were going to try to, you know, harm him, kill him, and so forth. And while we're in the process of doing that, he did die of a heart attack. I mean, not real life, but in the movie, like we're going, to, one of the girls going to stab him, and he caught his heart. So then we're trying to dispose of his body, put him in the trunk, and so forth. Yeah, that was really a creepy movie, but it was really fun. Okay. To do. And um, I was the father of one of the actors. Actresses. Okay. 
moving on to a production where you played another bartender um, uh, called uh, in something called Spirit of St. Paul, the Gangster Area. Or era. Oh my God, Spirit of... Oh yeah, the bartender is River, Riverwood Productions. We did that up in Minnesota. And it was a gangster movie. And it took us a year, a full year to film. And one of my friends in town... He claims that's the best movie he's ever seen. And he even got a copy of it, and he said he just loved watching it. Huh. It took a year to film it. We wanted everything to be authentic. And I even had a guy who very up on cars, you know, different years and so forth. And he watched the movie. He says, the only thing I found, he said, that movie is so perfect to the era. It's about John Dillinger. And I okay. was his bartender. And everything was so great, except that he said there's one headlight it looked like they may have been replaced in a different year, like a year off headlights. But nobody else would ever know that. So that's how good this guy did this movie. Well, and I yeah. suppose you could say that you were Dillinger's bartender. <laughs> now. Yeah. I was. And that was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we had, you know, the part where we had the guy in front of the door watching the door. Yeah, give a knock. There's a peephole there. He'd move his board out. He'd look out. Kids would come in. And also, if the cops were to come, we could hide the booze, and then we had an escape. We'd move a drawer or a, a, a wall. A wall would slide over the books in it. They'd go out to a tunnel underneath the street and out the street, which actually this bar had that. Huh. We actually had a, a slit that they could go out. Now, this was so that's why filmed this, in Iowa this was, or this, Minnesota? That's why it looked so... That yeah. was in Minnesota, correct? Yes, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, move, uh, moving on to a production where you uh, where you played in Molly's Girl. Mm-hmm. Yep, Molly's Girl. That was My Town Productions, too. Molly's Girl, yes. That was filmed, geez, around the Des Moines area again. Okay. And uh, Alan Dolan was in that, and, uh, and she was on soap opera. She played Margot for about 17 years. And so she was in that film, and I wasn't supposed to be in that film. I was working on production. But some people saw the star, and they liked my role as Mentally Challenge, that he, they wanted me in it, so he wrote you know, lines and so forth, and where I was in this scene, or this party scene inside this house, walking around and talking to different people. So it actually got written into that, that role. Okay. As Happy challenge, yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, next you worked on a, as uh, a wedding guest on Best Man Down. Oh, my gosh. The Tower of the Bind. I love Tower of the Bind. <laughs> he played the movie was supposed to be called Lumpy. Okay. And his role was Lumpy. Now it's Lumpy. And uh, yeah, Tower of the Bind was on it, so it was Justin Long and Shelley Long, which they aren't related. But anyway, I had a role in... Uh, let me go shut my door real quick. Here. Not a problem. So I was his, one of his friends, and it started out in the scene where he was the best man at the wedding, and he was getting drunk and obnoxious, and he even came over to me and said, hey, buddy, how's it going? Lift me up and push me down, you know, just lift me up and down. I saw the trailer for that a little earlier today, and I'm in the trailer where he's doing that, and the Shelly Long was dancing next to me, and, uh, she looked at me and she said, help me. Because after he put me down on the ground on the floor, even though the Shelly Long started shaking her, 
So Justin Long and I went over and pulled him off. <laughs> and then there was this there was a scene where I I had a you know, he, he spilled a drink on the bride's dress. And so they put him and he ruined the cake. So we set him down on a table and I had my suit on and another guy had his suit on and we were standing, he was sitting at the table in a chair and I was on his left and another guy was on his right. And the director, you know, movies like the Hollywood movies, you could spend, you could work on a page, three quarters page and it takes you all day. It takes you hours and hours to do it. <laughs> you go over and over and over. That's just the way it is in movie business. But with this scene, uh, just, or, uh, uh, Tyler Levine, who played Lumpy, is supposed to get up a little bit. Then I shove him back down. He's supposed to get up again a little bit further. I shove him back down. He puts his head down on the table, and then we're supposed to cut. Well, we did that the first scene. Well, the director went over Lumpy. Then Lumpy went over to talk to him, and, and I don't know what they're talking about. But I was so into my character, my role, that Lumpy went to get up half part way, and I pushed him back down. Me and another gentleman pushed him down. He went to get up three quarters away again, but push him back down the table. And he put his head down. Then he raised his head up. And I looked at him, and he jumped up and ran. And this is a table and a bunch of chairs all over the place, the running reception. And so he got up. So I went after him as hard as I could, throwing chairs, because I was going to tackle him. Because I was so into the character, the director said, Jim, you do not let him up. And then he got up and ran. I thought, oh, my gosh. So I went running after him, throwing chairs all over the place. And then the director yelled, cut. Everybody started laughing. They said, that's the print. It took two times. And normally it would have took six, seven, or eight times. <laughs> but my instinct, and then because I was in my office as a chiropractor here, and a buddy of mine who owns a business down the street came up to me and said, hey, I saw you on TV the other night. I said, huh. what, what do you mean? He says, yeah, best man down. You're throwing chairs all over the place. I said, no, I wasn't. I'd never seen it yet. So I went and bought a copy of it, Best Buy, Best Man Down. <laughs> I watched it, and there I was throwing chairs. So I was so into the part, I didn't even realize I was throwing chairs all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, after uh, Best Man Down, um, you uh, were in a short film called Stuffed. Yes, that was a 48-hour film project. And one genome short. Uh, that was, that's a team, and actually that's going on this weekend, which I can't be a part of because we have activities in our town that I'm a part of. Plus, I'm filming a movie right now, this weekend. Uh, but anyway, that's a 40-hour film project, and we won Audience Choice and Stuffed. And Stuffed was about uh, about doing vacation at home, like home vacation, home va homecation, what they call it. And so I had a wife in this. We're talking about how we wanted you know, do this and that. And we, most of the movie was improv. Because when they ask me to do a 40-hour or a short film, a lot of times they'll say, Jim, I know you like improv. I said, yes. They just give me a general idea and I'll go from there. But most of the actors did improv in this. It came out so nice because they were, they were interviewing people. Okay, so what did you do for your vacation? Where did you go? You know? And it was just so cute and, and so funny. Okay. Um, now, after that particular short film, you uh, were part of a production called Afterlife? Yes, Afterlife. That was a tough one to do. Uh, yeah. The reason why is because of my role in the movie and the situation that was going on in my life at the time. Uh, my mom was very, very sick. 
and she was in the hospital in a coma for a week before she passed away. Oh, and at, at the time that this was yeah, she, filming? Yeah. Well, we're going to start filming. I was supposed to be that first day. I was supposed to film on Friday, and she passed away Sunday, and the funeral was Thursday, and I talked to the director, because I was, we were on the phone back and forth talking about, you know, the production, and I was telling about my mom, and, and then she passed away while I was there with her, and the whole family was there, and so he said, you know, you don't have to. We'll, we'll push your, sh your shot on for several weeks. I said, no. I said, as far as I'm concerned, I have one fan in my life, and, and my number one fan is my mom. Mm -hmm. I said, she definitely wanted me to be there. So I went there, and my role was a funeral director. Okay. And uh... So I had to do a funeral director, and I was down in the casket area, and the area, when I did my lines, I was standing, put my hand on the casket. It was the exact same style of casket my mom was buried in. So I, I went through that scene. and That had to be hard. Yeah. So um, yeah. What, uh, uh, what was the movie about? Afterlife, oh, jeez. Uh, or do you not remember? I'm trying to, yeah, I can't remember exactly everything that's going on with that because I basically did my scene and then, you know. See, a cynical young woman learns way. to deceive people into believing she can commun communicate with their dead loved ones, but soon finds herself yeah. and missed with a family grieving over a missing wife and mother. So the subject matter was uh, was yeah. even uh, even <laughs> even sad. Yeah, that one it was. Yeah, just by you know circumstances, it was. Yeah, I was in and out of that pretty fast. Okay. I did help on this for a few days, but yeah. Okay, moving on to a production uh, called Trunk. Oh, Trunk! Down to Nebraska, and. Yeah, that's about people, uh, young kids in a car, and they kill somebody, they put them in the trunk, and they're going across Nebraska to try to dispose of the body was the main thing. And I played the father of that, and in that, of uh, one of the kids that were in this car trying to dispose of the body. That's why it's called trunk. Okay. Because there's trunk. Okay. And, uh... How was that production uh, working with uh, the d uh, director there? Was it pretty uh, pretty cool? Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, uh, younger director, you know, it's a young person's film, and it's one of their first films, and it was really exciting to work with somebody. And you know, they hired hair and makeup and all this, and uh, you know, they did everything well. They they, they paid for my I actually paid for my hotel because I had to drive like three and a half hours. They paid they paid for my hotel there, and and at us and it was a really good experience cool yeah so uh moving on to a production called rise of the sea urchins yes now rise of the sea urchin yeah i was a father figure in that and les nelson wrote that and waldorf college uh did the production there are students at waldorf college that was graduating uh uh charlie gandez was one of them, and I've worked with him for many years since then. And so with my job, okay, well, I got patients waiting for me, but with my job, I had to get into the chair with these helium balloons. They had to lift me up in the air. They had a, uh, so the crane lifts me up, I had straps on, 
feet or three feet and then put a stunt double in there. So no, just put me in there. They're going to lift me up 14 feet in this chair with these big hidden balloons because it looked like as if this hidden balloons was taking me up in the sky. I was a scientist. And so I was in a lawn chair with these hidden balloons. I had a BB gun on my lap so I could cut, you know, shoot the balloons to come back down. And they brought me up about 40 feet. Huh. And, uh, yeah, and then what happened was I, I was talking to my son on the radio, and then I did crash in the woods, and then many months later I came back. You know, and the right of sea urchins, it was about a, an Iowa uh, a team, a water polo team, which never exists in Iowa, okay. a water polo team. So it was a comedy. It was very fun. Nice. One more production, and then I'll uh, – and then I, I figure we'll wrap this up here. So, um uh, the Orange Man, which is the uh, uh, the movie that I actually saw you in. So, um, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell me a, a yeah. little bit about that production? That's a Stephen Folker films from the Davenport area. Okay. And I played Dale in this, and I was a uh, a cook at this at this restaurant. And it was like a greasy spoon. I had this. A t-shirt on the apron and greasy, the hair greased back, and and then uh, the, the orange man, gentleman came in wanted to sell oranges, you know, to me for my restaurant, and I didn't like them, they're rotten and so forth. So it was a nice long couple scenes I did, and there's one scene where uh, he wanted me to eat or buy these oranges. He put it in my face, I threw it out, you know, pushed his hand out of the way, and he had a hook on his hand. And he came up and he hooked me under the chin. The hook came out of my mouth. The blood coming all over the place. Thought the person, person to die in that one. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That was that was a fun movie. I've always wanted to be in a in a movie, scary movie where I die. <laughs> so this one. Uh, yeah. So how was working on that production? Uh, 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 and how was the shoot? The shoot was nice. Uh, uh, Stephen Folkers did a good job. He's also a photographer. And he likes to direct and write, and he's doing very well. And so he treated us very nice, and uh, it was nice because I got to meet some other actors, and we did some other jobs later on. Not with Stephen Folkers, but with other people, other directors, where you know, it's like, hey, I remember you from The Orange Man. You know, so <laughs> That's what's neat. You, do a, you move on to other projects, and you see the same actors sometimes, and it's really nice to work with them over and over again. Well, and once I saw that you, you had acted on the Orange Man, I was like, "Oh, yeah, now I remember who." You, uh, 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 because your presence was kind of memorable because you kind of helped out that little kid that, uh, that was in the film. So, um, and, and uh, I, I'd actually picked up the film from Legless Corpse Films, so uh, when uh, when it was okay. distributed that, uh, there, so um, okay, so. Uh, in any case, I appreciate you being able to uh, to have the patience to let me ask you questions about your your life in the film industry. Um, uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to tell the audience before you move on with your your day? Well, keep making films and uh, keep your dreams going. And I also, Zig Ziglar said, you can acquire anything you want out of life as long as you help other people acquire what they want. And that's so true. So I like helping other people in the industry. And I'm just having fun with it. Definitely. So keep on dreaming big and, and, and keep going for it. Definitely, Definitely man. Well, uh, uh, thank you for your time. Um, hopefully uh, uh, there will be an audience listening to uh, 
this audio recording. I certainly enjoyed listening to you. So uh, uh, thank you for telling me a little bit about uh, your way of lifestyle and how you how you did uh, uh, how you got some of the uh, your roles and whatnot. And uh, you have a, a great rest of your day uh, uh, day then. Okay, thank you so much, David. You, right. you, you as well. So, uh, uh, so uh, have a good afternoon. You too. Bye now. Bye. My mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you.